You and I have met 2010 on the okay. uh, the Worm Rot tour when you were uh, you started out driving Phobia and then you actually ended up in the band. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god, that was such a mess <laughs> that whole tour. Um, yeah, I had been driving them on a couple of tours and just like hanging out with them, and then I think the guitarist that had been with them for forever, Steve Berta, he had something with work and like kept flying home. I feel if I remember it right, he flew home like multiple times on that tour. Yeah. And like Phobia just didn't play those shows. And towards the end, the dudes were like, can you just learn these songs? <laughs> but that was really fun and weird and cool. I love Wormrot so much. Yeah, that was uh, a very uh, interesting time for me because I, I had just quit my job. And I was completely broke. And uh, the, um, you know, Al over at Earache, he's like, hey, uh, we got this band coming over from Singapore. Uh, you want to drive them? And, I'll, you know, we'll, we'll pay you some money to do that. And I was like, yeah, sure, man. I got nothing else going on. So, uh, yeah, they're great people. They're a sick band. And um, that was quite an experience, man. It was like, I feel like uh, if they hadn't had someone like me on the tour with them things would have gone uh a lot a lot darker than it actually did <laughs> was it weird for you to be on tour and not play incredibly weird i never did that it was, before. i was thinking that because i've only done that a handful of times and that including like the first couple of times i was driving phobia before i started playing with them and dude, it's a different thing when you're on tour and you're not playing every night. It's like you don't get the same risk reward benefit in your body every night. It's a little bit different for sure. Yeah, it's not for me. Because um, there was like, uh, you know, I was, I was trying to change things around in my life. And I was like, you know, maybe, maybe I'll be one of these guys who goes on tour with other bands. And uh, it's definitely not for me. I like I like going out there and doing being part of the you know, the operation, you know, above playing, not just behind the scenes, you know? Dude, same. I did it. Actually, the last, like, real tour that I was on uh, before I started my bakery was with Acid King. And I was tour managing and driving Acid King in 2015. And it was, like, their first American tour in nine years or something. And I'm a huge Acid King fan, so I was like, hell yeah, when they asked me to go with them. And uh, Lori from Acid King is, uh, her partner is one of the dudes with Ghoul. So I had just gotten off a Ghoul tour and he recommended me to her. And it was cool, but it was not really my thing to be out there every night and not getting to play. I was like, I don't think I'm going to do this again. Nah. <laughs> I think I've learned my little lesson here. Also, it's like, I, you know, it, it it got in the way of the band. I mean, I, honestly, you know what I mean? It's like I was gone for like, like I don't know, five weeks. And, uh, you know, Tombs has always had a pretty, you know, pretty good tour schedule. And, you know, we, I don't know. It just, I felt, I, I can feel it when I got back home that, you know, the guys were like, all right, you know, what, what are we going to do? You know, what's going <laughs> yeah. on now? When's, when, are you, when are you leaving again? And that was really it. Like I did that one tour and I decided that, you know, that, that kind of thing wasn't, wasn't for me. I mean, it was fun. You know, the Warm Rod guys are great, you know. 
And um, I remember being so like they did not want me to smoke weed around them because they said they had to get tested at the airport when they went back to Singapore. Do you remember that? Yeah, I mean that's that's the thing, man. Like it, it was, was a so real strange. It was it was very strange, but but that type of suppression is real in Singapore. You know, I mean, it was it, very interesting getting to hear about that from them. Yeah. yeah. Oh, he also they told us that you had to have a license to play drums in Singapore. I remember that. A license? <laughs> yeah, he said he had to get a license to play drums. Wow. Huh. Yeah. I wonder what that oh, kind also, of test uh, entails, like uh, bl- bl- glass <laughs> beats or whatever. Maybe, maybe like a permit. Maybe it's more like you have to have a permit to be loud or something. Damn. I also remember they were really obsessed with um, Kentucky Fried Chicken, right? No, no, it was Church's Chicken. Church's Chicken. Yeah, okay, that yeah. Was it. They were they would take their PDs. <laughs> they would take all their all their per diems and and pull it together and get like one of these like massive church's chicken uh you know like like box sets or whatever the hell they you get you know what I mean? <laughs> a big bucket yeah a, a big, <laughs> church's chicken like bucket and uh yeah i mean they're very pragmatic people the the, the worm rot crew you know what i mean i've i love them so much also azian um she was like a godsend to me i love having another girl on tour <laughs> you know being stuck in a van with the phobia dudes all the time was pretty exhausting so having like a girl to hang out with at shows was so nice oh and she's so cool too yeah she's great she's she's awesome i got along great with her and, and you know the whole the whole it was a good it was good vibes man honestly hell yeah and and, and like, i got to meet you yeah totally oh, hell we're on the we're on the we're doing this podcast together 12 years later <laughs> But uh, so yeah, let me um couple things I I want to talk about like uh all right so the bakery zucchini kill veganism yeah like all these things <laughs> you know uh, Austin yeah. Texas you're you're an Austin Texas native too aren't you I'm from San Antonio so okay. just an hour south but I got here as fast as I could right on so but you're a Texan <laughs> I'm fifth generation Texan which is something my family is apparently very proud of. Now, let me ask a question about being a fifth-generation Texan and the uh, kind of crisis that's going on down there right now. Or, or you guys sort of are past the worst of it. So how, yeah. how would it all, how did, you know, what, what was it like in the midst of all this? All this uh, freak weather conditions, um, you know, your, your local government uh, reaction, like all that kind of stuff. Yeah, well, you know, to start, it's like, dude, we've been really disappointed with uh, our governor, Greg Abbott, with everything that he does. But in particular, the situation that he's been putting us in regarding COVID and really not um, having our safety in mind. He was like, he's such a Trump supporter. He could not break, you know, his loyal his loyalty to him. So that's been really frustrating just this whole past year and he's been in office for a long time. So when we got notifications that it was going to be super cold, like, you know, under 20 degrees here, we already knew that for like over a week. Like we saw that in the forecast. I mean, I was preparing for it because I personally have never been in single digit weather in my whole life, like touring or not, like I have never experienced that kind of weather before. And with 
my bakery, I have a kitchen and I have a retail shop. So that's immediately two places that I knew I had to prep. Also, it was supposed to start getting cold on Valentine's Day, which is as a bakery, <laughs> one of our most busy, like we highly anticipate baking for Valentine's Day. We do lots and lots of custom orders. Zucchini Kill does um, heart-shaped cookie cakes that we let our customers like make them custom message, like whatever they want to give to for their friends or for their partners or whatever. But it's usually a really big deal for us. So it was scary knowing that if the storm hit early, I might not be able to open on Valentine's Day. And that's exactly what ended up happening. Um, we baked our asses off all week to be able to accommodate the orders that we knew we were going to have uh, for the weekend. And then on Saturday, which was February 13th, um, it was already cold. It was already like 25 degrees, which I mean, I don't have a heater in my shop. And <laughs> so we just had like blankets. I had uh, started emailing and calling basically everybody that had placed a custom order with us asking them, please, can you come today to get these? Like, we don't know that we're going to be able to open on Valentine's Day. And pretty much all of our customers were super cool about it. Already, a few of our customers were like, it's already not safe for me to drive out there. So I froze a lot of people's orders and people were super cool about getting it postponed and coming to get their Valentine's orders if they weren't able to come that day. But for real, I was freezing my ass off in the shop on Saturday and Sunday. It was already snowing. So for us to get snow, I know this sounds silly, but I mean, it's a really, really, really big deal. Like I grew up not seeing snow the first 20 years of my life. So to have snow in Texas, in, as far south as I live, is a big deal. We get excited. So when Sunday night, I was like seeing what in my brain was a blizzard. I was like, oh my gosh, the wind is blowing the snow. I was like out there in my boots, like meditating in the snow, like thinking it was so epic and cool. And then our power went out oh, that no. night. And I, and I was like, oh shit, it'll come back on. And... It just didn't not it didn't come back on for a very long time. I didn't have power for three days. My business partner Jess, she didn't have power for almost an entire week. And um, I mean, I was immediately texting my friends in San Antonio, and nobody there had power. It was really really scary. I, it got super cold in our house immediately. My house was at thirty degrees after twenty four hours. And we were just, also, I don't have a gas stove, so I didn't have any way to cook or anything. Um, I don't have a fireplace, you know, we just, Rocky and I built a fort, and we were just hanging out in the fort with our dogs, like, reading books to each other, trying to stay warm. But um, it was super disappointing. Things that I hadn't really paid attention to before this situation was the fact that Texas is the only state that's on our own grid, and that Texas has um, a energy reliability organization <laughs> that is run by people that don't even live in Texas. And although ERCOT, which is the like overseer organization, is considered a nonprofit, there are a lot of people that are making a lot of money off of the energy resources here. So something that I spoke to my grandmother about is that she lives in a city called Bernie, Texas, which is kind of in the middle of nowhere. And she has 
options for her energy. So she had two people to like two companies to choose from for her power. And um, I didn't experience that when I lived in San Antonio. We just had, you know, uh, whatever the energy company is there. And in Austin, it's called Austin Energy. But they're able to make the rates whatever they want. And apparently, you know, with the government that we have here, Texas has been warned at as recent as 10 years ago being like, hey, your grids will not survive in cold weather. And instead of taking the money and the resources to remedy that, they just continue to profit instead of fixing any of it. So I really feel like we were set up for this kind of situation. I did hear our ex-governor Rick Perry say, you know, Texans should be prepared to not have uh, power for a few days in exchange for us being able to maintain an independent grid. And I found that to be pretty offensive, but you know, I heard we were trying to get power from Mexico. Oh yeah, let's you know hit them up. To try <laughs> let's and let's get figure them. out another way to exploit Mexican people. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, and you know, interestingly enough, I when I was talking to my grandmother, who she's ninety years old, um, I asked her. I was like, "So do you still think that we should be on an independent grid?" And mind you, she didn't lose power, but. She's like, yeah, Cecilia, that's what we, that's the price we need to pay. (laughs) I'm just like, for our independence. And I'm like, what the hell are you talking about? What the hell? Like, people are dying. There was a a young kid that froze to death in Houston. There's people that need, you know, um, machines to stay, like, uh, like, machines to have power so that they can live. People with health problems and all kinds of things. And we were out of power for days, dude. So... It was really, really scary. And I was, oh my God, not to mention our unhoused population here in Austin is outrageous. And there's amazing organizations here, like grassroots mutual aid organizations that did a lot of work to get a lot of our unhoused people into hotels. And let me tell you, then the hotels were gouging their prices. I mean, there were hotels in Austin that would go for a hundred bucks a night that were up to $900 a night. That, that's as like really, a, really disgusting, man. I man, when I hear stories like that, I just I just get angry. I mean, clearly, yeah. And I will say, I've been looking at my bill, my energy bill, and it, I'm on budget billing, so they like try to send me the same amount every month. But there's a lot of people in Dallas that are not on the budget billing. They're getting like the kilowatt billing, and they have like ten thousand dollars of bills of electric bills from this last month because of this whole situation because the demand went high so and the availability was low so they're price gouging people's electric bills in some areas so it's just beyond upsetting that you know it's it's an all for profit thing oh i have to say one more thing is that like there is so much natural gas and coal uh, energy here in texas And I don't know if you saw this, but our governor went on TV and instead of saying like, yeah, clearly the grids have failed Texans, he was like, this is why we can't have the Green New Deal. This is why new, why clean energy is a problem. And he blamed wind turbines. Yes, I saw that. That was like the most. Can you even believe that? It's beyond like reason, man. Like just. The, the, the fantasy world that a lot of these conservative people live in 
and just the lies and the wholesale belief in these lies by by people who just support it you know it's 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 beyond me you know it's disappointing dude and like i felt like i was disappointed before but <laughs> i mean it's been it's been a whole mess and now we have water at my house but we were under you know, a boil notice for many, many days. And um, some people still don't have clean water and some people still don't have any water at all. So it's, it's kind of a mess. Um, I also heard Governor Abbott say that uh, we've provided warming centers for people, which going back to COVID again, it's like, who's going to need to go to those warming centers, the vulnerable population and who's most likely to be super, super ill from COVID. <laughs> you know, vulnerable people. So it's just, it's a mess. And I'm so grateful that I have power now. And um, I'm going to get I'm going to become one of those preppers, dude, I'm going to like, get the life straw. And, like, oh, a yeah, ton of I, I got I got all that stuff, man. I got I actually have all that all that stuff. I have um one of those uh, Berkey Berkey water filters. It's, mm. um, it's like you, you got to make you just got to keep the tank filled. And um, all the water, cool. all the water that I drink is uh, filtered through like charcoal, and the water I give to my cat is like filtered, and you know, and it's like uh, it's the only way to fly, man. You know, it's there's so much stuff in in processed water, you know, besides from minerals, you know what I mean? It's it's a good it's a good thing to do, you know. And then I I have like um, you know I add like electrolytes and things like that, you know, and it's uh, I think it's just, it's a good positive thing to do to filter your water. Dude, I got one of those um, Aqua True filters that Aaron Brockovich is talking about. We're talking yeah. about. Yeah. I love her so much. She's so cool. Well, yeah, I mean, she's someone like, who, who like took on like major corporations and you know, like was a whistleblower. That was awesome. Yeah, she's amazing. I definitely got the water filter that she <laughs> recommended. I got it a couple months ago, and now I'm spoiled. That water be tasting real good. Yeah, I have like. Uh, like when stuff started getting crazy, you know, like mid mid 2020, yeah. I started getting really paranoid about, um, you know, the election and stuff like that. And, uh, you know, and, and just crazy people, um, you know, like I, Understandably I, live, so. I live out in Jersey, you know, which is fairly liberal, but there's also, uh, you know, there's, there's like some, uh, you know, people out here, you know what I mean? Good. <laughs> You know, certain <laughs> types of backgrounds, you know what I mean? Like cops and like firemen and those types of guys. And I yeah. just remember getting like hard looks from people at the uh, at the Home Depot. And I'm like, man, bro. things might like get crazy. So I started buying like, uh, you know, I have like a little gas stove, you know, like a camping stove that runs on propane. Um, I've got like MREs in case I got, I have like a like a bug out bag in case like, you know, something shit hits the fan and I got to roll. You know what I mean? Dude, and, I'm with you. Yeah. I am so inspired. Yeah. And I, I had like, I, you know, I talked to my family. I'm like, look, if something happens, I'm going to, you know, I'm going to, this is what I'm going to do. You know, I'll make sure you got like, you know, like my mom and dad are on medications and things like that. And, uh, you know, just, just have a plan. You know what I mean? You never know what the fuck's yeah, going to totally. happen these days, especially what did happen in January 6th, man. I'm like, you got, you got like a, yeah. a, a horde of like these like hillbillies like attacking the Capitol. I mean, it's like anything can happen right now. 
you know, and there's like, I got like a healthy, healthy paranoia, I think, just to how, how crazy shit can get. Dude, I'm with you. It's it's an interesting thing, too, that Austin is the capital of Texas. And, like, I heard my favorite analogy for Austin is that we're a single blueberry in a big cherry pie. <laughs> but <laughs> uh, it, it doesn't feel like that sometimes, you know, like, because those kinds of conservatives will come to the capital to infiltrate I don't know if you heard about this, but there was a gentleman named Garrett Foster that was shot uh, during a Black Lives Matter protest here in Austin, just a couple blocks from the Capitol, you know, and it's I, was, I had a lot of friends down there and a lot of people that were on the right side of that situation. And, you know, people come here to target, you know, liberals and people that are fighting for justice. So it's a really interesting situation being smack dab in the middle of Texas during those kinds of conversations, you know. Yeah, man, it's the the. Fu- I, I wish it was like fifteen years ago, where when it's like I didn't even know who the hell the president of the United States was. You know, there's like <laughs> there's like, there like points in my life where I was like I paid no, I cared nothing about politics or who was the president or like, you know, I would wake up in the morning and I would be like, who the hell is the president now? You know, like it wouldn't even be something I gave a shit about. Now I'm just like hyper aware of everything. Yeah, I mean that's a privilege for sure, but um. It's weird now. It's definitely weird. I'm hopeful. Oh, God, I'm so hopeful, but uh, I, I don't have my hopes up. I guess. Yeah, I, I, I don't know, man. It's um, you know, I, I was just reading tomorrow. I guess is like the CPAC thing, and Trump's gonna, you know, go and do his thing in front of his <laughs> horde of uh, diabetic uh, supporters. You know what I mean? And uh, yeah. It's hard times, man. That's just, that's, this is like a, we're, we're in hard times right now. You know, I mean, aside from uh, COVID and people being out of work and people suffering and everyone's mental health being on the edge, it just, it really is. These are like the, the tough times that, that they sing about in blues songs, you know? Dude, for real. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's very well said, Mike. Yeah, you know, I, I'm I, so I, curious. Or, or I feel like say? too. Oh, I was just gonna say, like the the mental health crisis is gonna be insane. I mean, all the shit that's gonna come out of this. I think of young people right now, like young people that aren't able to go to school, and like people that are like secluded. It's it's gonna be super interesting to see how this goes on to affect them in the long term. You know. You know, I, I was thinking the same thing because um, you know I got like family members who have uh, you know kids who are like 18 you know not 18 they were like i would say let's see 12 and 14 which are like oh, that's a hard age incredibly like crucial years for people you know it's, it really dictates a lot of how you're gonna be the rest of your life i think happens like some there's like these synapses that get connected in your head that you're gonna either be like this type of person or that type of person i think back in that age group and um, yeah, just the lack of like social interaction and just that whole weirdness is like, how, I'm really curious to see how that manifests itself later on. You know, like when I'm an old man, like some, yeah. dude, some dude who's like running the country who's like, you know, was like two years in COVID, you know what I mean? That kind of stuff. Yeah. Hey, were you cool when you were 12? What were you like? 
I don't know. I was now. I, I was like, am I cool now? Like, I don't even know if I don't. Hell yeah. Cool, cool is not something I would ever associate I with myself. I would love to see. I would love to see a twelve-year-old Mike. Well, I right, bet you were at, adorable at twelve years old. I had just. I think I moved out of um, my Van Halen and Led Zeppelin and Sabbath phase, and I started riding that new wave. You know what I mean? I was starting yeah. to like, figure out like. I think I'd heard of the Ramones and uh, maybe oh, it was the year after that is when the, uh, the let them eat jelly beans, uh, uh, you know, that, that uh, compilation came out and um, Dude, my, I don't know that compilation. Oh, this is, this is, this is like, it, it might've been out for a couple of years, but like, you know, back in the eighties, uh, yeah. information was disseminated very slowly because there was no internet, <laughs> there was no, you know, someone had to tell you what was going on, basically, especially when it yes. came to underground music. There was this kid, uh, Mike Katz, who, um, he was a few years older than me, and he, he was, like, the, the cool guy, you know. He had, like, the cool, like, hair and, you know, the leather jacket. <laughs> and I remember Is this one- in New York? Did you grow up in New York? No, I didn't grow up in the city. This is like in the suburbs. You know, I'm like okay, a suburban okay, okay. like, you know, guy, you know. Okay, got and it. One summer this kid went to uh, California. And before he went to California, he was all into metal. Right? It was like hard rock, you know. And then he came back with like a punk rock haircut and he was into like punk music and he's like, "Oh, metal, metal, that's for kids, man. You know, forget about it. I'm not into <laughs> And he had uh that's when I discovered the Let Them Eat Jelly Beans um compilation it had picture of ronald reagan on it and uh it had the feeders um black flag doa uh ron martinez probably knows all about this uh our mutual oh my gosh oh uh, i haven't seen ron in forever and and that that was the beginning of my exploration into uh you know like punk rock music and then hardcore and then kind of like circling back to getting into like thrash and crossover music and stuff like that. But yeah, at 12, I was a dodge some dork. I was on the wrestling team, you know, and cool. <laughs> I mean, you know, I've, I've always been like into stuff like that too. You know what I mean? I was, I was always, I've always been into like martial arts and wrestling and, you know, fighting and shit like that. So you yeah, know, starting, yeah. starting back then when I was like 12, you know, well, like, just what you said is, like, 12 to 14 is such a formative age. Like, when I was 12, that was the first time I went to a punk show. It was Blank 77 at this place called Wackies in San Antonio. And I felt like I had been saved, dude. I was like, these are my people. <laughs> so you were and cool just, at 12 like, then, right? So you were oh, cool. I Exactly what you just said, though, is that, like, I had somebody to tell me that was cool, you know? I had an older brother, and... uh he was my brother was eight years older than seven years older than me and he had a girlfriend named omega who ended up i don't know if you ever met omega but she That's ended sick. up being like my my best friend and she uh taught me how to play guitar and her and i had that band so unloved for forever since i was 13. so it was like a big deal but my brother worked at the record shop called hog wild in san antonio and uh so he definitely was like the biggest influence in my life. You know, I looked up to him so much and I looked up to, to Omega who showed me all the riot girl and all the, you know, 
Courtney Love, whole all those things. <laughs> She's yeah. the one that like really formed my musical taste when I was young. And she taught me how to play guitar. So I was a cool 12 year old, but only because of my company, you know? That's like the sickest name I've ever heard, Omega. That That's her real name too. Uh, that's fucking so cool, <laughs> man. Like, our, our, uh, we're her, were her, was her family, um, you know, kind of like hippies or? Into like, Dude, absolutely not. <laughs> Were they Greek? I don't yeah. know. How, how, no, how do you come up with a name they're like Mexican, and her full name is Omega Alejandrina Trevino. And I'm just like, oh my god, that's the most. And she's the most beautiful person that's ever lived. So it it works well for her. <laughs> but no, people always be like, it's actually really funny because, I mean, her and I have known each other since forever, but. Anytime we're at a club or a bar or something and we introduce ourselves to people and it's loud, we're like, hi, I'm Omega. She's like, I'm Omega. And I'm like, I'm Cece. And they're like, okay, Megan and Stacy. Megan gotcha. and Stacy. <laughs> that's yeah. great, man. And I'm like, no, that's not our names. I swear. <laughs> but um, yeah, no, she is definitely like, she's always been my muse and my idol. I love her so much. But yeah, she's in San Antonio and I'm up here. It's hard. I haven't seen her in exactly a year because yeah. of COVID. Oh, man. I I, you know, it's funny that, um, yeah, I mean, I, I, I don't see hardly anybody, you know what I mean? I, um, I see the guys in my band, you know, we practice, you know, uh, and I, we, we, we filmed something, you know, recently and we're filming another thing. So there's going to be people there. Um, you know, I go to the, are you gym. talking about music videos? Are yeah. you filming some videos? Yeah. Like Dude. a live, live recording like thing, you know? And, uh, Hell yeah. I what? like that thing that you released the other day that was just like the visual for um, that super heavy song on your new album. I forget what it's called. Oh, uh, uh, Secrets, Black, of the, Black... Secrets of the Black Sun. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> Dude, that shit is heavy. Thank you. I, I, it's exactly how that song is exactly how I hoped it would come out. You know what I mean? It's, it's one of those well, things and, and the, the visuals, all that stuff was great, you know. I love that for you. I have always been super, uh, like, I've never done a music video or anything, but my really good friend, Frank Wazos, he reached out to me during COVID and he filmed a commercial for Zucchini Co. Nice. And it was like the most fun I've had all COVID year of last year. Sure. But uh, we did it super safe. There was only like six of us and we were all messed up, but he put a green screen on the side of my house and he somehow him and his uh crew they like put like in the commercial it's me playing my guitar on top of our delivery hearse it's the coolest thing ever i'm like damn i want to make some music videos now so is <laughs> this out on is this available to see i haven't seen this is it out there yeah it's we're actually we're releasing it next week it's okay. on our youtube but we're launching it next week uh we were supposed to launch it the week of the snowstorm but or like what the hell do we have to promote we can't do anything um but yeah it, it's a really funny cool commercial my friends jackson and avery also did a song for it like our jingle and it's heavy it's so cool nice. i can't wait for you to see it yeah. <laughs> but yeah the green screen amazing I was just like riding on my on my delivery hearse playing guitar. It was rad. I'm gonna make some music videos now. I'm I'm really inspired by that kind of shit. It's definitely fun. You know what I mean? It's it's not uh you know I mean I can say that oh yeah man I hate it you know like that's that's like the default thing that you're supposed to say if you're like <laughs> you want you want to be like all detached and shit. Oh, I, you know I hate that, but I don't. I I actually enjoy the process of doing those things. 
you know, and we released this thing of a live, we, we recorded it and filmed it live, you know, and cut it, you know, like we did multiple cameras and a multi-track recording and all that. And, you know, it went out there and some guy complained that it was too short or whatever. And I was just like, bro, like, you know, <laughs> if you only knew how long and how much money and time and effort goes into making something like that, that's, you know, like the favors I had to ask for people. I mean, everyone got paid, but it's like to, to make a 60 minute multiple camera angle professionally is like an incredible amount of money. And, you know, we don't, you know, we, we didn't, we, we didn't, we don't sell that kind of, you know, pro, we don't move those kind of numbers. You know what I mean? Yeah. And, uh, but I was proud of it, man. I just didn't want it to be like this thing where it's like some guy with his iPhone in your practice space. And like, I wanted something that would, you know, had quality to it, you know? So yeah, yeah, I support, hell yeah, I support you making videos, man. That's sick. Thank you. It's a super vulnerable thing though, you know, to put yourself out there like that. It's very, very vulnerable. Well, We've been beating around the bush here about this, um, you know, your uh, the shop here and the bakery. So let's start. Let's start talking about that. So, are are you vegan? I never knew if you were. Yeah. Okay. All right. So, yeah, I've been vegan for seventeen years. Oh wow! So you're like deep into the, uh, you know, the trip of being a vegan. <laughs> I've been vegan for uh, exactly half my life now. Wow. What and I'm you... gluten-free, too, actually. So I'm like one of those really shitty ones because I can't eat anything when I go out. Um, <laughs> I've been, I went vegan when I, or I went vegetarian when I was 13 because I just like uh, I was having a really hard time justifying eating meat when I was like a human rights activist in my heart. I will say that band Propagandi, do you know them from Yeah, Canada? of course, yeah. Yeah, okay. They uh, were a huge influence on me going vegan. And, um, you know, they sing that song where it goes like, meat is still, uh, dairy still rape and meat is still murder. And I'm like, holy shit, y'all, they are right. <laughs> and I just felt like I had been lied to my whole life. Like, I'm compassionate people, like, around me, but still be like eating meat. And also, there's a lot of factory farms here in Texas. It's a really interesting thing, you know, our whole state revolves around barbecue and stuff. But yeah, I went vegetarian when I was 13 and then I went vegan when I was 17. And uh, I was actually living in Los Angeles at the time and it was very accessible there. So that wasn't a hard transition for me. But moving back to Texas when I was 20 years old was a little bit interesting. And I hadn't really had to learn how to cook when I was uh, living in California. And when I came back, there was not a single vegetarian restaurant in the whole city of San Antonio. So I started attempting to cook. And um, eventually a restaurant opened in San Antonio called Green. And I went and got hired there like the first week they were open. I was like, save me, please. And um, yeah, so I worked there for a very long time. and. I have been baking professionally since I was working there. Um, so almost like 12 years now that I've been baking professionally, but I've always been obsessed with dessert. And honestly, dude, like I know you've had some of my stuff from when you were here on tour, but like it's always been a thing to me where even if people aren't vegan or aren't gluten-free or whatever the hell, it's like sharing dessert with somebody is a really good way to like expose them to the eating differently or you know what I mean it's like 
you share a cupcake with somebody and they'll always be shocked when they find out there's no dairy or eggs or gluten or anything. <laughs> it's really exciting. Um, so yeah, I've kind of dedicated my whole freaking life around that somehow. Your, your second life. <laughs> yeah, my second life. I, dude, I, it is definitely a thing where I, I had to quit touring to open the bakery because I don't know if you do this, but I'm a kind of person where like, if I spread out my energy between too many things, I don't succeed at any of them. Like if I put my focus into one thing, I tend to be really productive in that one thing. Um, but spreading myself thin between like playing music and touring and then also trying to start a business with zero money was going to be impossible. And I really had to make a pretty tough decision about that but it was appropriate timing for me i was sick of waiting tables anytime i'd come home from a tour it was really taking a toll on me <laughs> yeah no totally I, I mean no it's great man i mean i i um like for me to have have a uh like a cookie or or something like that or a um cupcake if you will yeah desserts yeah. are are not necessarily that I, I don't i don't uh normally eat uh, food like that but it's a treat yeah. when I do like it's like an totally. event I'm, I, if I'm going to have <laughs> like if I'm going to eat something like that it has to be quality you know what I mean like hell I, yeah I, I try to like like I don't I don't just go to like Wawa and get like Entenmann's donuts or something like that you know what I mean I have to get something super special and that was my experience at Zucchini Kill so I was oh, excited thanks about Mike that. yeah totally I was like <laughs> really excited about it i was like yeah it's gonna be cool um you know i'm not vegan but i i you know i'm not i'm not against any anything you know? <laughs> I, and uh, i'm always um i'm always very uh intrigued by how how the creativity element of it of how, how you actually uh you know use those ingredients because like believe me you know as you know like playing in the diy like hardcore scene all those years back in in my youth, uh, there's been offerings made by people of food that sometimes wasn't so great. It's like too greasy, or like, <laughs> you know. And they're oh yeah, this is vegan, man. We made this like vegan like brownie for you, and it's like it has like no flavor and it's like real oily and stuff like that. So, uh, dude, so it's a whole new world now. Yeah. Well, how, how, what explain like what's what's uh, some of the you know some of the uh, the breakthroughs in uh, vegan technology um. for cooking. <laughs> Well, okay, so, you know, when I first started baking, I was doing everything vegan, and um, I learned a lot about how I, you don't necessarily need eggs as a binder and cake, which was, like, a big aha moment for me, because um, I use apple cider vinegar with non-dairy milk to, like, kind of bring the moisture in, and... I used back in the, before I was gluten free, I was just using regular flour and um, organic sugar. A lot of sugar is refined with bone char, which makes it technically not vegan. Uh, at Zucchini Co, we just use organic sugar, which is, uh, you know, it's not bleached. It's like, a, and it's not bone char refined. But, anyways, um, I would say like vegan baking is super accessible and super easy. Having said that, the gluten-free world is a whole different thing, and I think that's why I'm so intrigued by it. I gave up gluten um, like five years ago because I was having a lot of skin issues. Like I was getting like eczema and rashes oh, yeah. and like mm -hmm. acne and like weird shit. 
And uh, I had just read some article about how gluten can sometimes like irritate you or inflame your body to make those kinds of things happen. And as an experiment, I gave up gluten and all of that stuff went away. So um, I'm I'm not like gluten intolerant or anything. I just avoid it out of, as a choice, which is, again, such a privilege considering where I live. Um, but it became you know how like when you're writing songs or you're recording and you like can hear like multiple instruments that you you see it like in your head or like you have ideas that just kind of like form it's like that for me with baking where like i can see how using this because i we carry seven different kinds of flour in my kitchen and it's become this thing where i just kind of like write recipes in the sense of i know what the weight and the texture of all these different flowers combined create and so i basically try to imitate textures and flavors by using the ingredients that i have in hand so it's an interesting thing to do it's taken a lot of practice for a long time i was waiting tables and taking my tip money down to the grocery store to just get ingredients to experiment with i probably did recipe writing for at least a year before i actually opened zucchini kill so um having said that yesterday I went and I did something that was a really big accomplishment to me um I have I haven't had a bagel in five years (laughs) and I did bagels like traditional style yeast risen bagels um using non-gluten flours so I was making them with like chickpea and white rice and brown rice and arrowroot and all these different things and I did the whole flash boil bake them at high temps and dude, I ate a bagel this morning that I made from scratch and it was to die for. So I am, I feel like I leveled up yesterday, Mike. Like, oh, yeah, <laughs> this man. is a That's very great. exciting thing for me. But it, again, it's, it's one of those, like, I just have a passion for writing recipes in that sense. So to be able to have my own bakery where there's not anybody telling me like what to do or what I have to create, uh, me and my business partner, Jess, she's actually from New Jersey and uh, lived right in New York most of her life. Uh, and she's been vegan for a really long time too. Um, it's like, we take pride in being able to like imitate stuff that people would typically have that would have like food dye or gluten or eggs or whatever. I'm very nostalgic with food. So dude, I don't know if I gave these to you when you were here, but we make these things called cream coffins and they're like our vegan gluten-free version of a Twinkie. Did I don't think I had this when you were here. No, I didn't oh, have okay. that. We actually got a cease and desist letter from Hostess. Oh my God, really? Open. Yeah. Bastards. Uh, <laughs> we call them cream coffins now. Okay. So it's a better name, anyways. But um, I mean, that's something I grew up eating. So it was really exciting to be able to make a variation of that for people that have allergies or people that are choose to be vegan or whatever. But my biggest like most exciting thing about having our bakery the way that it is and like the inclusive ingredients that we use is that there's little kids that have been diagnosed with so many allergies we also don't use soy or corn or artificial food coloring and like sometimes our bakery will be the only place that kids can have a cupcake or kids can get a custom birthday cake made and like they really appreciate that you know (laughs) like poor little kids that have so many food allergies they can't enjoy themselves the way that I was able to when I was young you know getting to eat cake and ice cream and have parties at school or whatever like it's really nice to be able to accommodate people that wouldn't necessarily otherwise be able to have the kinds of sweets that we make you know 
You know, I think that's that's something that is um, it's like a big uh, step forward these days is how just aware people are of how food affects you, you know, as an organism, you know, as as in your life and the way you think and you know your your cognitive abilities, like all that stuff is uh, very tightly connected to what you eat. You know, and I think you know uh, beyond just being vegan, like there's also other other things that people um, are are incorporating into their lifestyle now. They're aware of that. Dude, totally. I also have this theory that um, the pesticides that are used on crops like soy and gluten in America, um, that that I think is going to be a really is a trigger for intolerance to things too. Like I feel like maybe that's what my intolerance to gluten was or like my like reactions from it i feel like it's the pesticides because i've heard stories of people being able that are like gluten intolerant in america be able to go to italy and have pasta that isn't covered in roundup and be able to process it in their bodies so i'm kind of i'm not like it's again a very big privilege of mine but i'm kind of a nerd about like eating organic berries and things like that too i'm like oh get those pesticides away from me no, I agree. I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm on the same kind of program Like when it comes to, uh, I mean, I'm not vegan, but like all my vegetables are organic, you know, and olive oil and coconut oil, like all that stuff is organic that I eat. And, and you know, I, I have a pretty, I don't really eat that much variety of food. You know, it's basically just vegetables, meat, you know, and fat. That's really what I eat, you know, and it's like. Dude, I think being mindful about what you eat is like just, an amazing thing to accomplish on its own, you know? Yeah. You know, and occasionally I'll, I'll have like, you know, like, uh, you know, some sort of like high level, you know, cake or something like that or treat. Dude, what, what's going to happen when I send you one of our zucchini kill boxes? Well, I'm down, <laughs> no, so that's what I'm saying. That's going to be a party. What's going to happen? It's going to be we, a party. We started doing shipping during, um, dude. Okay. So when COVID hit, like we just have our tiny little shop that's open six days a week whatever and when COVID hit we closed for like two whole months and uh i was desperately trying to get like any grant and loan that we could we actually got a grant from that company spanx and (laughs) that was really cool uh and i was able to get a loan from the small business administration for the disaster loans for covid sure so it was it it worked out well for us in that sense but it was a really scary moment and so we just like hit the ground running like how are we going to be able to do this in a safe way and creating our shipping program was one of the most difficult things that i have ever (laughs) put myself through actually rocky and jess were a huge part of us being able to like get that done rocky was like straight up inputting all of uh our items into the website having to create this website it was a pain in the ass is what i'm saying but we have been able to create a shipping program where i can ship nationwide um desserts and it has really brought me so much joy to be able to send people that i care about gifts of dessert (laughs) during this time of chaos in our world um it's been really, really cool. I'm definitely going to send you a package. I'll send you some of those cream coffins, okay? Sure. Where, so now <laughs> you, you have a fully functional web store, basically, for your bakery. Yeah, yeah. We um, the, the shipping, it's like you order it by a box. So there's okay. the greatest hits, and the greatest hits has, like, the stuff that we're really well known for. Then there's the B-sides, and that comes with, like, our seasonal stuff for the month. And uh, next month, we're releasing a PMS box, which is going to be all chocolate. (laughs) (laughs) um, 
we also made, um, I spent a lot of time recipe developing some uh, box mixes during COVID. Um, so I we have like a brutal brownie mix and we have a chocolate chip cookie mix that come in, you know, it's like a flour blend that you can bake with at home. And we started making our own uh, spices too, like, we did a pumpkin spice and ginger dead for Christmas. And uh, we have a new one called golden girl. It's like a golden milk spice coming out next month too. Do you ever, do, do you fuck with golden milk? Yeah. Yeah, totally, man. With the, uh, with the Kirk, uh, the uh, turmeric in it and all that. Yes. Yeah. Yes. That's so good for you, especially because you be fighting and getting your ass kicked and stuff. You got to make sure that inflammation goes yeah. down. No, no, totally. I take, uh, I take curcumin every morning. That's part of my, uh, stack of supplements that I take every day. And, uh, dude, that's it, awesome. Yeah. But I, I'm, I'm a big fan of golden milk. You know, I, I like all that. I like that stuff. Killer, yeah. We I have a golden milk spice. I'll put that in the box and I send you one. <laughs> so we're the, but, the most the next logical question is how can people who are listening to this podcast where where do they find all this stuff on the internet and like where where you know your different social accounts and all that kind of stuff? Yeah, it's just uh zucchinikill.com. Um a lot of people I have learned this the hard way, do not really know how to spell the word zucchini. So it's Z-U-C-C-H-I-N-I, kill, K-I-L-L.com. And, uh, you know, you can order shipping anytime. But you know, locally, we're still just doing contact-free pickup. So our shop is actually closed to the public. And we just let people place orders online and uh, do a contact-free pickup at our shop during business hours. There's only six of us um, that are doing Zucchini Kill right now, which has been really, really, really nice to be able to have like a safe secure place for our bakers and stuff to work because when we you know when we did have to close for two months we lost our entire staff i mean everybody was able to go on to unemployment including myself for that brief period of time but um i've been so grateful for the bakers that we have in our kitchen right now and they're the people that i'm surrounded by in our bakery like have truly just kept me sane over this past year and we inspire each other it's so cool mike i think you would actually really appreciate this because we started making because we listen to so much music i mean we bake for like 10 to 16 hours a day when we are in our kitchen and we're all music lovers you know my my head baker melissa and my co-owner jess we used to have a band together with uh our friend faza called bondage we have a project together, just the three of us now, called Violetera, and it, it's uh, really, really cool to be baking and creating with people that inspire me, you know? And so we started doing playlists, like the Zucchini Kill Bakery uh, Spotify account oh, has nice. weekly playlists that we release, and I put that song Baron from that tomb, that new Tombs album on the very first playlist we released really? last year. Yeah. Wow. You know. Hell Yeah. Thank you so much, man. I really appreciate that. <laughs> and that song has a very actual, very, um, like, uh, one of those, for me, the end of that song, right? That kind of epic, like, uh, old school, like, heavy metal, like, ending. Hell yeah. I, when I was in the studio, when we were listening back to the mixes, like, I, I got super emotional because that, when I was a kid, like first getting into all this stuff, I used to listen to like, you know, I still do, but I mean, I was really into like UFO and the Scorpions and 
these like yes. Euro- European, like Euro metal like type stuff. And I'm like, man, someday I'm going to, you know, get practice my guitar and I'm going to like write some music that has this, makes me feel that same way. Like I would listen to like Yuli Roth and like Michael Schenker and those guys. And that song in the studio, I had this like, like I, I had such a, a feeling of accomplishment, you know, and I was like, man, this is like, I got like really, really emotional when we were in, in the studio on that song, just the ending part. I mean, the rest of the Dude. song is like, whatever, you know, it's like typical <laughs> bullshit that we do, you know, but, <laughs> but the ending, the no, ending was like, like really I like meaningful. That song. I like that song a whole lot. And then I like it even more knowing that little story. (laughs) It's cool though. I feel like very, uh, it's so cool to be able to like share music with our customers that like, or our friends from across the country, like whoever is following us. Like I post about our Spotify playlist every Friday and I'm like, this is what we've been jamming in the studio this week. Or like, this is some stuff that just came out that we're really excited to listen to. You know, it's, it's a way of us getting to incorporate music into our world, even though I'm not actually out going to shows or anything, which has been kind of a culture shock in a sense. I'm sure very much so for you. Yeah. Well, you know, before we started talking, I I was telling you about my whole model out here of my, how my life would be out here in New Jersey, you know, because I, you know, I don't know how many years, you know, I spent decades living in New York City and yeah, just being able to go places and walk around and go to shows and all that. And I was like, okay, well, this part of Jersey's only in less than an hour. I could be at like St. Vitus or whatever, you know, and I was all situated to do that. And then we got locked down and I've been like stranded like out here really like with total isolation, you know, for like the whole year, except for the guys in my band, like where the band is actually based out here in Jersey now. So. Oh, least- that's awesome. I was wondering. Yeah, we got we got a space. Um, our practice uh, space is in is a town called Keyport, and uh, the only Matt, our other guitar player, he lives in 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 uh, Queens right now. But the rest of us live out here in Jersey. So, you know, there's that. That is so convenient for this hell time. <sighs> totally, man. Um, so I- let me ask you about the vibe of the store too, because like you know, I've I've been down there and it's. One of these, uh, one of the things that grabbed me right away uh, was this kind of, uh, you know, punk rock metal vibe that you guys have. Yeah. Yet, yet, yeah. yet, there is a very specific pro woman thing going on there, which I think is cool. <laughs> yeah, we. Uh... It's a. It's funny that you're like, oh, it's got a vibe. We had this review that somebody had written. I don't read our reviews, okay? Just saying that. I don't read the reviews. That makes me a crazy person. But we had this woman make a, she gave us like a three-star review and said, there's a satanic aura in this shop and I will not be returning. <laughs> like, well, yeah. It was just so funny <laughs> to me. But um, because everything is pink and it's like our shop is bright purple and whatever, you know. Um, but yeah, it's it's very much I've had people tell me good friends of mine be like, uh, CC, this shop looks like your bedroom. Uh, <laughs> and I, I'm like, well, you know, but yeah, it's uh, we. <sighs> I will say this, we had a very particular vision when we were doing our shop. And our shop is, you know, it's kind of... Oh, 
Hello? And often oh. that is still that is still like DIY and kind of underground feeling like for the longest time in Austin. I mean, I'm sure you came to Austin back in the day when it was just like the Mecca in Texas for that kind of vibe, like the alternative vibe. Yeah. Yeah. So many small businesses, just like such a cool spot. And, you know, uh, the area where we are now is kind of one of those last living spaces in Austin. And so it's a vegan food truck, like, yard and then we're in the building behind the food trucks and there's also like an analog repair shop there and there's um a local magic store like an occult store right there too called yarrow and sage which is really really cool spot but um yeah we we just made sure that we incorporated everything that we stand for so you know lots of local vendors like when the shop was open to the public we carried tons and tons of um, small hand batch women owned businesses products and uh, we kind of used it as a space for um, for friends that needed to do book signings or you know we would hold markets there we're just it was a really before COVID it was Zucchini Co was a really cool like community space and my favorite thing in the world was when bands and friends of mine would come through on tour like when you got to bring your whole band over to the shop that is like that's like what we live for. I also have made it a point to, um, I mean, I've been doing this kind of since I was a little kid, but like baking desserts to bring to shows and to bring to our friends that are on tour, like being vegan on tour myself, anytime somebody brought me vegan food to a show, it was like the best night of my life, you know? So we have dedicated ourselves to making sure that when people that we admire come through, that if they don't get a chance to come to the shop that we definitely bring them some of our treats to the, to their shows. And, um, it fortunately, uh, even though we have a satanic aura of our shop, <laughs> uh, the community has really supported us, not just the vegan community, dude, like, you know, Austin has such a big music community and I am always like shocked and so grateful for the support that we get from, just peep normal ass people that don't care about what ingredients are in their cupcakes that come to support us. So it's been an experience opening it. And it's honestly been kind of a, an intense thing, especially this last year, but the support that we have from like our amazing staff and community here in Austin and all the people that have been ordering shipping from us, it's been such a relief. And like, I'm just really, really grateful to be in the spot that we're in right now. Yeah, I just wanted to get that out there because, like, you know, some people listen to this, I'm assuming, playing bands and, um, you know, probably uh, the type They're of like, people. They're like, why the hell are you talking to a bakery? No, no, what, no, 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 no. Probably would appreciate the vibe. You know what I mean? Like, oh, like hell yeah. When we were there, you guys were listening to Celtic Frost, which uh, I thought was awesome. And, you know, you guys have a satanic vibe, which is always good. <laughs> you know, I'm always Dude, uh, have you – did you see those buttons that we made that say Celtic frosting? Yeah, no, I, that, those are great. Those are amazing. I, I, fo <laughs> I follow you on Instagram. I see all that stuff. Thanks, Mike. <laughs> I love making band puns that people don't understand. We have a cupcake named Lavin Derkata. And Derkata, like, he, I'm a huge fan of them. I have been for a very long time, but it's a lavender cupcake. I think it's a funny, cute name for a cupcake. A lot of people are just like, uh, I don't know what this is. Like, what is this called? Like, how do I say that? <laughs> I'm like, they don't get it. It's a really good introduction for me to be like, you should look them up. Yeah. This is named after a band. Look them up, please. You can expand your awareness of, uh, you know, things and learn. 
that's always important too. Yes, hell yes. I will say too, the only other thing that um, people have been commenting a lot about our business is that uh, I bought a hearse last year. Like we got a hearse for, I think it was like $4,000, dude. I, I flew to Oklahoma to get this hearse from a funeral home. But I was looking at vans and delivery vans for a business. I mean, I have my old van, my old tour van, which is completely dead. It's like a, a little hangout spot in my backyard right now. But like, <laughs> dude, vans are expensive as hell. So oh, yeah. we we got a hearse and I can fit so many cupcakes in that hearse. It's crazy. But we got it wrapped and it says our cupcakes are to die for on the back. And like, I don't I don't know if it's a good thing or a bad thing, but we'd be getting the looks from people. <laughs> I mean... I think uh, you could look at it a couple of different ways. Like I, I always side with the individuality, you know what I mean? And I think that um, like if it's not for you, it's not for you. You know what I mean? Like that's, that's one way of looking at it, you know, and, and that's how I would look at it. Like the kind of stuff that I like is not for everybody. You know, the kind of energy I put out there is not for everybody. And like, you know, I think that's that's probably the way to go. And if you don't, they get offended by the satanic vibe or the hearse or whatever. It's like, you probably shouldn't go there, you know? Dude, it's all in fun, you know? I'm just like, we're just being totally genuine to like the things that we like and the things that bring us joy. And I love driving that hearse around town. So <laughs> it is what it is, you know? It's kind of, it's, it's like that with music too. It's like, you're not writing music for other people. Hell you no. write it for yourself and the people that have the most success and joy in what they do is because they do it for themselves and they're genuine and true to what they're doing. So fuck it, you know? Yeah, totally, man. I, you know, it's, you, you can't, you can't go through life trying to please other people, man. You know, you know that. Hell no. Hell no. <laughs> all right. So I want to cover all this again, just, uh, you know, so people can go and check you out online and, um, follow your social accounts and also, the Spotify playlist, like it's just Zucchini Kill Bakery. Is that how they, how they find you? On? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, you just search Zucchini Kill Bakery and it's a profile and it's linked directly to the iPad we have in our kitchen. So I realized this the other day, but like people can see what we're listening to in the moment as well, which is like rut row. <laughs> but there's also really, really eclectic playlists that we release every Friday. And uh, I do try to be super inclusive of like, you know, bands that we like that have new songs coming out um, to make sure to include those. But it's a wide variety of music on there. And I, a lot of our friends get a kick out of it. So I, I hope that other people will start listening and appreciate that as well. It's a cool, you know, it's always 12 songs. So it's like just the amount of time for like a short commute or whatever, you know, just to like see what the hell is going on in the crazy girls down south in their kitchen right now <laughs> and then yeah our our uh instagram is zucchiniko bakery and we post a ton of stuff on there and what our shipping looks like for the month um and what our specials look like and merch and things like that and um yeah we're releasing that commercial next week i can't wait for you to see it and to hear the song i think you're gonna really like the song in the commercial mike that's awesome i mean uh the uh <laughs> you know the um by the time when this episode comes out the 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 uh, commercial will be be released because uh, oh hell yeah yeah so that's awesome so people will be able to catch catch that like once they hear this to be able to find it yeah look us up we yeah. want to send you some treats <laughs> and uh, you were doing this thing where you're profiling all of, all of the uh, um the people that work there I noticed yeah 
dude, yeah, we started doing that for Galentine's, which we we take Galentine's very seriously at Zucchini Kill. Um, last year, we did a menstrual product drive for the safe house here, and we were so excited for the amount of menstrual products that we were able to donate. We couldn't even fit it in one car. So, uh, again, the community coming out, but... For this year, uh, we were like, dude, we should do little features on the the babes that are, work for Zucchini Kill because, like, seriously, like, as a small business, the only reason that we are able to survive this whole shitstorm and the only reason that we're able to thrive at all is because of the amazing people that work with us in our kitchen and in our shop. And it's been a really cute way to um i don't know show them some love and kind of like shine a light on them and uh they're making playlists for every feature too so when you go to the zucchini co bakery uh spotify playlist you can check out what each individual listens to although i didn't do one because there's a lot of my personal playlists listed on there too <laughs> but um yeah it's a really cute way for us to just like show them some love right on that's awesome well, thanks for uh, spending time with me this evening. I appreciate it. And um, yeah, man, that's, uh, you know, hopefully sooner than later, I'll be able to bring the other, uh, you know, the other guys down, you know, my crew of uh, degenerates down to uh, Austin and we can get some cupcakes. Dude, you are welcome here any goddamn time. Hell yeah. <laughs> I miss you. I'm so happy to get to hear from you. Thank you so much for including me. Absolutely.